it is November 9th, 2016, and I am live from Ellensburg, Washington, Central Washington University campus. And, man, doesn't that music get you hyped up? Doesn't that get you pumped up for this week's episode of Primetime Tuesday? Yeah, it's Wednesday. We're still having audio issues. We have two headset mics. We're thinking about buying a general mic, setting it up in my room. It's not the best setup. We're on a budget. We're college kids. We don't have money. We don't have money to buy multiple microphones in a podcast setup like these professional podcasts are doing. Come on. You really think that we're just going to go around spending millions of dollars on audio tech stuff? We don't we we can't do that, you know. So, hopefully next week we'll have a setup for me and Max to do a general mic where you guys can both where you guys can hear both of us talk, maybe do some debates, look at the biggest headlines of the week, have some segments, maybe even guest call-ins. I don't know if we're that popular enough yet. We'll find out. Let's get started this week. Um, 2016 MLB Awards coming out. Gold Glove at all the positions for American League and National League. Second base for the American League goes to Ian Kinsler's his first career Gold Glove, and that is over Robinson Cano, hometown Mariners fan. I think Cano had a real shot at it. A bunch of people on social media were saying that Ian Kinsler deserved it. Also, Kyle Seeger at third base for the Mariners lost the gold glove race to Adrian Beltre for the Rangers. It's his fifth career gold glove, and I thought Adrian Beltre deserved that one as well. In the National League, first base goes to the Cubs first baseman, Anthony Rizzo. It's his first career gold glove, and I really think he was the stronghold of the Cubs defense. It was even shown in the postseason and the World Series that he was one of their best uh, defensive players. And also for the Cubs, out in right field, Jason Hayward got it. It's his fourth career gold glove. And so that's good for the Cubs. You know, I wish we could have had maybe one or two Mariners players get a gold glove this year. But I do think that the people that won it over Robinson Cano and Kyle Seeger deserved it. Maybe just as much as they did, if not more. Obviously the voters felt the same way. So there's your 2016 gold glove award highlights. Let's move over to college football. Didn't want to spend too much time talking about Gold Glove. I mean, there's no going back on that. No opinions, really. I mean, who they voted for is who they voted for. Congratulations to the winners of that. But college football, new playoff rankings coming out. And last week I talked about how Texas A&M didn't deserve to be fourth. And they came out the next week and lost to an unranked team. So thank you, Texas A&M, for proving my point correct. And they put University of Washington up at number four. And now everyone on the media, everyone on ESPN, Sports Center is all saying, you know, UW really deserved this spot. Well, you guys weren't saying that last week when A&M was in the spot. A bunch of people were saying A&M deserved that spot. But then they just came out and lost to Mississippi State, a 3-5 and five team. And so the media, you can believe what you want. They are just riding the train right now. They're hopping on ba- the bandwagon for University of Washington, I believe. Top three is still Alabama, Clemson, Michigan. So if the season ended right now, University of Washington would play Alabama in the first round of the playoff and Clemson would play Michigan. That's a scary thought. I don't think we can make it past Alabama in the semifinal. That would be very scary, having to play the number one team in the country. This last week, they had not that good of a game against LSU. They only won 10-0, but it's still the fact that they only gave up zero points in a game in an SEC game. That proves that their defense is better 
than almost everyone in the country. University of Washington's defense has really stepped up this year, and I think that they've done a fantastic job on defense, but Alabama still looks like the best defense in the country. These top four teams are the only undefeated teams left. They're all 9-0. and Everyone below them has lost at least one game. The only other undefeated team in the college rankings is Western Michigan. They're 9-0, and but their strength of schedule is 113, whereas Alabama is 3, Clemson is 28, and Michigan and Washington are 60 and 67th. And so their strength of schedule doesn't really make them a contender for the playoff, obviously. They're in a not as good conference as these four teams. But University of Washington in the playoff and the last week of college football rivalry week, University of Washington is going to have to play Washington State. Michigan is going to have to play Ohio State. And Alabama is going to have to play Auburn. These three games are going to be crazy. They are going to determine who's going to go to the playoff. I mean, if one of them loses, here comes Ohio State or here comes Louisville or even here comes Wisconsin, a two-loss team. You could even throw a two-loss team into the playoff mixed with these undefeated teams. And that's why I love college football, honestly. I I don't think anyone's out of it yet in the top ten. I think anyone in the top ten can make it um, at this point. I feel like the top four at the end of the year will be Alabama, Clemson, University of Washington, and Ohio State. I think Ohio State will beat Michigan in the last week, barely. It'll be a great game, I believe. But I think Ohio State takes out Michigan, sneaks back into the top four at four, and then we have a one-versus-four matchup, Alabama-Ohio State, which is a rematch of last year when Ohio State took them out in the first round. And then we'd have Clemson versus Washington in the other semifinal game. I believe Washington can win that game and go play Alabama in the national championship. And that would be the craziest game that University of Washington, I can't say that they've ever played because they were national champions. They've been Rose Bowl champions before. But to be in a playoff situation, national championship, with four teams and still having the opportunity to come out on top over Alabama would be absolutely insane. Uh, Last year, we saw Ohio State upset Alabama in the first round and then go on to win. And so you see what happens if you can beat Alabama. I think it's just a boost of confidence, and the program's already going up. And so, But if we win the national championship, it'll just skyrocket. I mean, these kids will start flocking to University of Washington. We'll start getting five-star recruits out of nowhere. So, yeah, that's the picture in the college football playoff. I really do feel like they got it right this week, moving down Texas A&M to eighth in the country. I believe they got that right. They're now a two-loss team with one bad loss to Mississippi State. Louisville is at sixth right now. They could have a chance to sneak in, maybe if Clemson loses, which I don't see them losing, unless they lose the ACC championship. And then everyone below them, Wisconsin, has a very slim chance of getting in. Texas A&M, Auburn, Penn State. Penn State really came out of nowhere. But those teams, I don't think they have that much of a chance. And so um, this week's biggest games, I would say, are Baylor and Oklahoma. That's a 25 versus 9 matchup. And then you have Mississippi State, Alabama, Mississippi State coming off that big win against Texas A&M. And they're playing at Alabama at 9 in the morning on Saturday. I don't think they'll do much against Alabama. I mean, come on. You can beat Texas A&M, but then if you got to play Alabama the next week, all your hopes are gone, I believe. Uh, another big game, you got Auburn at Georgia. That's a good SEC game. 
Auburn is ranked eighth. Georgia is unranked. And so another win there for Auburn could really maybe move them up a spot or two. Another big game, Pitt at Clemson. I think if Clemson were to lose, this would be the week that they could lose. Pittsburgh 5-4 and four at Clemson 9-0. and oh. I think Pittsburgh could pull off an upset. I don't think they will. I think they could, but it's a long shot there. Another big game I'd have to say is Ole Miss at Texas A&M. Texas A&M is coming off that horrible loss to Mississippi State, and they come back home. They're a seven and two team now, and they have to play Ole Miss. They're four and five, and the biggest game of the week, I believe, obviously because I'm from, you know, around University of Washington. College game day is coming here for this. USC at Washington. USC six and three. Coming to Seattle, Washington Huskies 9-0, 4.30 at Husky Stadium. College game day is coming here for that. And I cannot wait to see Lee Corso put on that Husky headgear for two times in one season. I've never seen that in my life. They've only come to Seattle twice. Last time they came was in 2013 for the game against Oregon. And Huskies lost that game against Oregon with Keith Price at quarterback. And that is when... We were coached by Steve Sarkeesian, and that was when they believed that they really could beat Oregon for the first time in, what was that, 10 or 11 years, and we still didn't do it. So this is the second time that College Game Day is coming to Seattle for a game, and I really think that this will be the first time they're coming and watching us win. We're fourth. We're at home. USC is a good opponent, but I don't think they'll have enough to handle our offense, our defense, our special teams, I think we'll beat them in every aspect of the game. I think Jake Browning's too hot. I think he is just on fire lately. He's proven to all of his critics. He's only a sophomore, but he's playing like a senior. I'm glad to get this guy back for one or two more years before he goes to the NFL, and I'm glad to say that he could be the first Husky to ever win the Heisman, and I think that he has a legitimate chance to. Based off of our record, Louisville has Lamar Jackson, who's the top candidate right now, but they have lost a game. So depending on how the teams do, I think will determine who gets Heisman. I think if University of Washington goes to the national championship against Alabama, then I think Jake Browning wins Heisman. But if not, I do believe Lamar Jackson deserves it more than him right now. He's definitely not the top runner. So Last week I received a bunch of feedback and commentary on how I did in – my first podcast, doing it by myself, obviously, was kind of rough. I was a little bit nervous on the mic. This week, I feel like I'm more open with you guys. I mean, I'm not, I don't have it down yet. I'm not perfect. I know that. And I'd still love to receive criticism. It really helped me, I believe. Hopefully, you can tell this week. I mean, hopefully, my do sound a little bit better. Last week, I know I was nervous. But, you know, I just got to, I got to try to get this podcast thing started. I want to really get good on the mic for my career I do want to do radio broadcasts for Major League Baseball games traveling with a team calling all their games that'd be so fun to me this is my start this is you know the beginning of my journey and so I really I really thank you guys for all the feedback it really means a lot the next step in the podcast would be to get some kind of sponsorship or advertisement you know bringing in the intro with the nice EDM music. That's my favorite kind of music. I love doing the intro with that. But then coming in and saying, welcome to Primetime Tuesday, sponsored by, and then have a sponsorship there. 
that's the next step of the podcast. That would be amazing to have. I feel like that would really push the podcast up to the next level. Right now, it's just two college guys trying to make a podcast, trying to get our names out there, trying to get somewhat popular. We don't know where this thing's going to take us. We don't know where we're going to go with this. I'm hoping that we become somewhat you know, known for the podcast, but that's a long stretch when so many people do podcasts and so many people do sports podcasts and there's ESPN shows to listen to and there's other stuff to listen to. You know, not many people can really make it like that, but that would be nice. That'd be, that'd be nice. All right, let's go into another topic. I want to talk about the major league soccer playoffs. I know some of the listeners don't really care for soccer as much as say football, uh, baseball or basketball, but, um, Seattle Sounders, I would do want to talk about them. They really came out of nowhere this year. They were in ninth out of 10, I believe in the Western conference. And then they fired Ziggy Schmidt, the coach and picked up the big transfer, Nicholas Ladero. And ever since then they have turned everything around, bringing in Brian Schmetzer as coach. They somehow crawled their way back into the playoffs spot, having the last two games they had to win one to make the playoffs, and they won the last match of the year to make the playoffs. And then from there, they have not stopped. Like, they have not looked back. They won the knockout round of the playoffs, and then they took out the number one seed, SC Dallas, in the two-leg. They ended up winning on aggregate 4-2. to two. And so now they're all of a sudden in the Western Conference Finals. And if we win this matchup, with Colorado Rapids in the two-leg uh, matchup here, then we will go to the MLS Cup. And if we won the MLS Cup, it would be the biggest turnaround in a soccer season that I've ever seen. I mean, we were down and out. We were already looking forward to next year, I'd say. Some fans were looking forward to next year and maybe how we could do better, some things we could upgrade on. And now all the fans are talking about what can we do to win the MLS Cup, and I think that's that's great for the sport of soccer, especially in Seattle. Okay, I know we're blowing through topics here, but the next thing I do want to talk about is with the election of Donald Trump, I want to know from the listeners, leave a comment, leave a reply on Facebook or SoundCloud or however you want to do it. Reach me if you have my number. I would do want to know how if this election of Donald Trump will affect sports at all. I believe it's already affecting a little bit with some fans obviously supporting Hillary and with her losing like, will this affect sports at all? Will this drop ratings? Will this raise ratings? What will his role in sports be? I know Mar- uh, Barack Obama filled out his March Madness bracket every year, and sometimes that was what March Madness fans look forward to. Like, who does Barack Obama have winning college basketball championship? You know, will Trump do anything like that to appeal to sports fans? Uh, this isn't a political podcast. I don't want to bring up anything other than that I just want to know if you guys think that Donald Trump will affect positively or negatively or neutrally sports in any way okay I want to hop into a new segment uh every week maybe once every two weeks I will be doing my NFL top five in my opinion who is the best five teams in the NFL I believe that a lot of podcasts and even shows on TV do an NFL top five. So I'm not trying to mix in with the crowd. I'm not trying to just fit in with podcasts. I really do just want to give you guys my opinion. 
on the top five in the NFL. I do enjoy watching NFL. I, I enjoy watching college football more, but there's the way that you can rank the top five in college football is so much different than NFL when they're playing to get to the NFL and not just playing for the money in NFL. You know, they're they're not playing to get to the next level. They're they're already at the top level. And so the top five really should show the top five based on skill. In college football, I don't think the top five is based on skill. I think it's based on how good your program is as a whole. Maybe not just skill, but, you know, maybe lucky win could put you a spot or two ahead of where you should be. But in the NFL, the top five really is based on these top five teams should be the last five teams in the playoffs. The top four should be the AFC and NFC championship maybe, and even the top two should be your your Super Bowl contenders, maybe who you'd see in the Super Bowl game, and your number one team should be who you think will win the Super Bowl at the end of the year. I think that's how your NFL top five should look. And so at number five, I have the Atlanta Falcons. Uh, they, leave the, they lead the NFL in offense this year. They have almost 34 points per game. That's almost unheard of. I mean, that is a lot of points per game if you're thinking about NFL and how good some of these defenses are that you have to play. So I think the Falcons are at number five. They have a great offense. They're 6-3. and three. And, yeah, they just look good. They're running the NFC South right now. I think they'll win that division and make it to the playoffs easily. Number four, I have the Seattle Seahawks. At the beginning of the season, they weren't looking that great. They still don't look that great in the running game. But I think they're number four just because they find ways to win. I know there's a bunch of controversy each week with this should have been a flag, this shouldn't have been a flag. And I really look past that. I really look at the record and how we got to 5-2-1. and one. I know the tie was sad to watch, but 5-2-1 and one's not that bad of a record when you're looking at who should be winning the division and going to the playoffs and maybe even getting home field advantage. I think they're number four. I think they're a little bit better than the Falcons, but I don't think they're quite Super Bowl ready yet. At number three, I have the Oakland Raiders. They are 7-2. and two. They are the new favorite in the AFC West over the Broncos. They proved that this week on Sunday Night Football by beating them. They are in first place of the AFC West for the first time since Week 12 in 2011. And when they were in first place in Week 12 in 2011, they ended up missing the playoffs that season. I don't think they'll miss the playoffs this year. They're off to a 7-2 and two start. I think they'll just keep getting better. Uh, David Carr at quarterback, I really think he's their new leader. I really think they have a good spot right now. They're they're looking great. They have an 81% chance of making the playoffs this year, and I think that 19% chance of not making the playoffs won't happen. At number two, I have the Dallas Cowboys. They're 7-1. and one. They have Dak Prescott at quarterback, who looks great. They have Ezekiel Elliott at running back, who looks great. Obviously, their offensive line is great. They've been great. Their defense isn't that great talent-wise, but their offense has been good enough to make up for the bad defense, you could say. The leadership of Dak and Ezekiel Elliott, they have been able to dominate on time of possession and not leaving their defense out there as they have in past years. They left their defense out there so long that I feel like they were getting tired and giving up more points than they usually do. And so I have Dallas at number two. At number one, I have the New England Patriots. They're 7-1. and one. I think they've been number one for the past three or four weeks. No matter who is starting at quarterback, their defense is really good. They're unstoppable in the passing game. 
Tom Brady leads the quarterback rating in the NFL with a 91.5. He has 12 touchdowns and no interceptions since coming back from his suspension. That's literally perfect. He hasn't made one mistake since coming back. They are the heavy favorite to win the Super Bowl. According to the NFL FBI, they have a 38% chance of doing so. That is the highest in the NFL. And if you think halfway through the regular season, if you already have an almost 40% chance to win the Super Bowl, that shows that you are the odds-on favorite to win the Super Bowl, I'd say. Like, they're in a great spot right now. And no other team has a better than a 15% chance of even going to the Super Bowl. And these guys have a 38% chance of winning it. That is proof right there that they are the best team in the NFL. I can agree with that statement. Most people can agree with that statement. All right, that is all for the NFL Top 5 segment. And that is all for this week's show. I'll see you guys next week, hopefully on Tuesday with me and Max. And until then, thank you for tuning in.